You are welcome to another exciting episode of CADA Matters. CADA Matters is an awareness-raising program of CADA. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse, a UK-based charity working to prevent and end domestic abuse, especially in Christian homes. Listen to this episode with Gracilis so as to build healthy relationships and keep your home and relationships abuse-free. had a lovely evening and uh, hopefully we're going to have some time tonight as we continue our series. So we are starting a new series tonight and the title of the series actually is, the title of our series today is Spiritual Abuse. I hope we saw that at the very beginning. I want to say a big welcome to those who are joining us for the first time. This is Kada Matas and I'm Gracilis. Kada is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse. And uh, while we're waiting for everybody to come around, uh, welcome Mama T. While we're waiting for everybody to come around, I'm just going to put on my glasses because I think I think I didn't keep them here with me. So I'm just going to stretch out and pick them up while we wait for everyone to turn around. So let's see if I can get my glasses so I can do something about my glasses today. Okay, so that's fine. I think I should be able to manage it out. It. So welcome again, everyone. I'm just going to put um, our topic for today. So our topic for today, please, is spiritual abuse. Uh, I'm sure that that's something that's a buzzword and was in a lot of people's minds. And then uh, we're going to actually treat the topic. We'll be treating the topic in two sections. Um, the very first session part is what we're doing today. And then next week, what we'll do is we will continue with the rest part of the series. So I'll just let us briefly know what exactly we are doing so that uh, we're not kept in limbo. So first of all, we'll be looking today, we'll be looking at what is spiritual abuse. We'll be looking at where does spiritual abuse occur. We'll also be looking at the different types of spiritual abuse. What are the peculiarities of spiritual abuse especially when it comes to spiritual abuse in the home we'll also be looking at what to do the common characteristics of spiritual abusers in a home or in a marriage and then we'll also be looking at what to do if spiritual abuse is occurring in your home next week by god's grace we'll be looking again at what spiritual abuse is the different models of spiritual abuse when it comes to religious abuse then we're looking at spiritual abuse in a church setting in a religious context you know, we'll be looking at what makes it possible for spiritual abuse to actually occur in a religious context. We'll be looking at the church celebrity culture. We'll also be looking at how you can recognize spiritually abusive ministries and what to do if you think you're in a spiritually abusive ministries, what to do as a believer. Those are some of the things we're going to be looking at next week. And this week, we will be starting, first of all, by looking at what is spiritual abuse. Um, I've read a lot about this topic. I've seen some books. I've read and there's been several definitions and I don't think one definition can do justice to the subject. So I will, I will just talk about the few definitions I have seen on spiritual abuse. And I think one of the things to just know about spiritual abuse is the fact that we've talked about several types of abuse here in this program. We've talked about emotional abuse, financial abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, um let's see what else have we talked about coercive control you know we talked about all that verbal abuse yes verbal abuse talked about verbal abuse thank you for reminding me we talked about all that different form of abuse and then today we're looking at spiritual abuse 
and I think the first thing to say actually is that spiritual abuse is abuse that occurs via spiritual method using you know using spiritual means as a form of abuse so i'll say that spiritual abuse occurs when an oppressor remember every time we talk about abuse we're talking about a power and control thing someone is trying, trying to control you know so spiritual abuse occurs when an oppressor establishes control and domination by using scriptures using doctrine or by using his leadership role as a weapon that is what you say that is spiritual abuse somebody's using scripture using doctrine using his leadership role as a weapon that is spiritual abuse spiritual abuse is actually a close cousin of emotional abuse except that when you look at spiritual abuse is actually more profound is more wounding because somehow it looks like the abuse is not really coming from that person but it's coming from god because the person is using god and his word to exercise dominion you know, to victimize someone, to shame someone. So somehow it's hard, it's hard to understand that you don't know where is God talking and where is God not talking. So spiritual abuse is also when someone in a position of author spiritual authority, the purpose of which as it were, it was to correct, you know, um, to serve, to build and to equip God's people, you know, more than using, doing that begins to misuse if someone begins to misuse their authority placing themselves over god's people in such a way that they control they curse or they manipulate them you know for seemingly sometimes godly purposes which are actually really their own that is spiritual abuse another way to look at spiritual abuse also is to say that spiritual abuse is the misuse of a position of power leadership or influence to further the selfish interest of someone other than the individual who needs help so that, that's what happens in spiritual abuse and i'll just say that spiritual abuse occurs when a leader a church or even a belief system whether they are well intentioned or not dominates manipulates if they castigate individuals through fear tactics you know mind control or any other such psychological or emotional abuse that is spiritual abuse so as i hope we have an understanding of what spiritual abuse is and i'm sure that from our different definitions we've been able to or different things we've shared we've been able to actually say the different ways one could look at spiritual abuse and i think i would like to read a definition that someone gave and this is somebody who's done a lot of research on this topic and that's um Dr. Lately Oakley, I believe that's her name, Lisa Oakley. She's the program leader of abuse studies in the Manchester Metropolitan um, University. And what she did was she defined spiritual abuse in her book. There's a book she wrote on breaking the silence of spiritual abuse. She says, spiritual abuse is question, you know, and control of one individual by another in a spiritual context. And that's, I think that that just simply defines it. It's the control or the manipulation of another person by another person in a spiritual context and so it could include manipulation exploitation you know enforced uh, accountability i think these are things that some of us are quite aware of requirement for you know secrecy silence there's this um enforced accountability there's this censorship of decision making you know there's a pressure to confirm and then there's a misuse of power and authority a misuse of the scriptures a misuse of the pulpit all of that when that happens when abuse occurs in a spiritual context is actually spiritual abuse and, and i'm sure that from our definition some of us are already beginning to get what exactly spiritual abuse is from our definition some of us are already understanding what spiritual abuse is and then we get to ask ourselves where does spiritual abuse occur from what we've said already we can see that spiritual abuse could occur 
between individuals it could occur in any relationships do you understand it could occur in an organization and it could occur in any religious organization so it's not confined to christianity it's not confined to a certain religion or a certain denomination any person or any belief system is capable of perpetuating spiritual abuse just as anyone can also become a victim of spiritual abuse so it can go go to a spiritual abuse can be perpetuated by anybody by any belief system by any denomination or by any religion those things those are those are things that can perpetuate spiritual abuse and and i'll say that spiritual abuse in a way actually is abuse that occurs in several contexts i mean if you look at someone um, a child if you abuse a child what's happening is that any form of child abuse that you're doing for a child guess what you're spiritually abusing the child because at that point the child is actually getting up in their spiritual their awakening and their spiritual knowledge you know that person is having an emerging spirituality so when we begin to abuse them guess what happens we damage that uh, spiritual self in such a way that it makes it difficult for the child to actually relate to god as it were that's spiritual abuse you know if you use um the use of spiritual truths or biblical truths as it were to to um create a form of abuse or bring a form of power control gradient in which way we begin to manipulate people we've said that before that that exactly is actually what spiritual abuse is about you know and spiritual abuse of course when a victim perceives the person who is kind of the abuse as someone in position of spiritual authority that is spiritual abuse you see this person as someone in a position of spiritual authority so guess what you're going to obey you're going to do whatever the person says coercive spirituality is also a form of spiritual abuse and then when you have um the thing about spiritual abuse is the fact that it evokes divine authority uh, if it's in the church world we say oh touch no man anointed do my prophets no harm so those are some of the things that could happen and one of the things about it is that sometimes we could even actually use spiritual abuse because it invokes uh, divine authority we try to use it to manipulate we hear that god says we should we should win souls and we think we're going to be able to manipulate god by winning souls and if we don't win souls we're not at peace with ourselves and with god you know several things that we do sometimes is actually a result of spiritual abuse and that's why we study that's why we're learning because in this program what we come to do is to shed light on some topics make you understand some things that are happening you know with spiritual abuse what happens is that there's an introduction of a graceless contingency you know into our relationship with god and it's the one that that makes you when, when spiritual abuse is going on you find out that most times there are always laws 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 to keep you know there are always harsh comments do this do that do this if not god is not going to be pleased with you but sometimes some of those things are actually not good they're actually the desires of people so i, I hope we've understood uh, what spiritual abuse is we've defined it we've talked also now and as in what are the relationships that spiritual abuse could occur we say it could occur in intimate relationships it could occur even in religious organizations and we said there's no denomination there is no religion that is free of spiritual abuse even could actually be a result of doctrines you know denominational doctrines all of that could tend towards spiritual abuse so spiritual abuse can occur 
in different relationships and anybody can be a victim of spiritual abuse so what are the peculiarities of spiritual abuse because i'm sure some of us are going to wonder well it's abuse how do we know it's abuse what's the difference or so how is this thing what's the difference there when it comes to spiritual abuse what are the peculiarities spiritual abuse does have its peculiarity i'll uh, say so first of all when it comes to spiritual abuse the thing is that a spiritual abuser actually twists the scriptures and uses it to attack the victim. So then his, his abuse might actually feel like he's coming from God. This is what God is saying. Even though he's taking scripture out of context, even though he's distorting scripture, even though he's weaponizing the scripture, what's happening that the spiritual uh, abuser is weaponizing the scripture by using God's word. So it seems as if God is the one doing the shaming, but that is spiritual abuse. Um, spiritual abuse is actually a close cousin. That's what some people say that spiritual abuse is a close cousin to emotional abuse. Except that when it comes to spiritual abuse, it's somehow it's more profound, it's more wounded because sometimes you just feel like, is it God that is shaming me? Is it God? It, it, it makes people feel the victim. You feel isolated from God. That's what happens when spiritual abuse occurs. You feel isolated from God because remember, the person is usually using scriptures, using things that, that sort of like come up with like God with a big hammer and things like that and it could be subtle it's usually subtle and difficult to recognize difficult to recognize because most times it's marked under a religious cloth or a god cloak and it makes it difficult for you to question so those are some of the peculiarities when it comes to spiritual abuse when it comes to spiritual abuse you know it's marked under this god cloak it's marked under this religious cloak and you you can't ask questions you can't say uh, please i don't get that how true is that you can't question back because it's um god's uh what do you call it now it's god's it's god's word or something like that but at the end of the day that is spiritual abuse and so i haven't looked at what um spiritual abuse is haven't looked at what the places or the relationships in which spiritual abuse can occur we've also looked at the peculiarities of spiritual abuse another thing we're going to look at now is what are the common characteristics of spiritual abusers in a home because one thing we've said for today's um teaching we're going we're actually looking at spiritual abuse in our homes that's the part we are focusing on next week when we come to next week what is going to happen is we're going to look at some other form we'll look at spiritual abuse in another context in a wider context but for today we're looking at spiritual abuse in the home so when we say spiritual abuse in the home i'm sure a lot of us are, are concerned about spiritual abuse occurring in the home and when it occurs in the home is it that either the husband or is either the wife and you know one of the things we said in this program we said that both women and men can perpetuate abuse in short statistics show that one out of seven men are actually victims of domestic abuse and one out of every four women out of four women could be victims of domestic abuse so so let, let's get this straight. so if, if i'm saying husband sometimes remember that it can occur both ways so what are the characteristics what are the things you're going to see in someone who is a partner who is actually a spiritual abuser what are some of the common characteristics remember those days when we did our biology they said living things what are the characteristics of living things living things can move living things can talk living things can reproduce i don't know how many of us remember that science lesson but i do remember that science lesson and as i was putting down my notes today i was like okay characteristics of spiritual abusers so let's see the the abuser who is the person 
uh, are busy. We've said already, we established the fact that they will use scriptures to oppress their partner. So it could be a husband using scriptures to oppress the wife in such a way to gain control that is control oriented. So they use guilt, they use fear, they use intimidation to manipulate them for their own comfort and for their own glory. And, and what happens is that they when someone is a spiritual abuser, they attack the personhood or the character of their victim using scriptures as a lance. So I don't know if we've experienced things like that, but that's what happens. So spiritually oppressive individuals, they overemphasize their authority. If it's a husband, you always hear things like, I am the head of the house. They may even elevate their status above those of their pastors, above those of their teachers, and even above those of the Bible itself. You know, when it comes to a husband who is a spiritual abuser, they demand unconditional submission. You must submit to me as unto the Lord. You know, spiritual abusers are usually image conscious. They work hard to protect that image outside. They want to be the very good man or the very good woman when it comes to outside. They appear religious. They are always bringing attention to their holiness. They have a form of holiness that is enviable. It's only those people in the house that know that, ah, this person is just a devil incarnate and is pretending. So those are some of the things. And it could be very paranoid because most times when spiritual abusers work, they're actually just doing a performance. It's just a show. They are threatened by exposure. So anything that looks like exposure, they don't like people coming near. Oh, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. You can never get the real person. They are not authentic. A spiritual abuser in the home will suppress any form of criticism. If you're not, if you don't allow questions in your home, if you don't allow any dissent or open discussions, your word is law and that's it. And you're not God. Guess what? You might be a spiritual abuser. And if you find someone in the home expressing theology that is unbalanced, you know, they just, they tend to focus on some minor theological or peripheral theological matters. A spiritual abuser usually has unfair standards. There's a standard for others. They require other people to have a certain high standard, but they have excuse when they don't meet that standard. There's always an excuse why they don't meet that standard. These are characteristics. All spiritual abusers, they are not teachable. And so they keep company with only like-minded people. And funny enough, that just reminds me, yesterday I was in clinic and I was seeing um, I was seeing some children. And then I think I asked them, so I said to them, do you know that after brushing your teeth, you shouldn't rinse out, you should spit out. And then the mom was like, oh, really? I never knew we could spit out. Oh, wow, someone learns something new every day. And, uh, oh, I'm going to tell your daddy. And then one of the children said, hmm, daddy thinks he knows everything. And I was wondering, wow, how exactly could daddy have been portraying himself for a child to say daddy acts like he knows everything? So that, that's another thing. A spiritual abuser, usually not teachable. Legalistic. Oh, wait, when we say legalistic, beyond what the Bible has said, there's this extra ordinary biblical rules that they bring into the whole matter so that's something for us to to check about check out ourselves check are we legalistic are we not teachable is our word law and or are we paranoid do we over enforce our authority are we image conscious even in the home and outside those are some of the characteristics of a spiritual abuser and we've said before um that spiritual abuse could be it's up to you it's something that you might not even be able to recognize. And guess what? What would you do 
if you find yourself faced with spiritual abuse, I think the first thing is the ability to be able to recognize that this is spiritual abuse. And how can you do that? There are several things we've talked about. Just talking about the several characteristics of a spiritual abuse, I believe should help us know, you know, when we begin to see spiritual abuse, we should be able to say this is spiritual abuse. And I've said before that when it comes to spiritual abuse, it's not just the husband. A wife could be perpetuating spiritual abuse. She could be doing, and it, see, somebody is doing something and some, if someone is abusing you and then using, um, putting it in a spiritual context or finding scriptures as it were to, to, to defend their actions, that is spiritual abuse. I, I'll give you a classic example. I remember someone said, oh, his wife sold their plot of land and she didn't tell him. You know, financial abuse, she just took it. This is land that belongs to herself, her family. She took it and she sold it away without even letting the husband know until it was time, giving out the papers away secretly. Until it was time, the husband was like, oh, where are this? And like, oh, I've sold it. What do you mean by that? Oh, a big girl in the Bible. Guess what she did? She took, um, she took some things and went to give it to David and she saved her family and David did not kill her family again. And that's what I'm following. Guess what? That is abuse. That is abuse. If something doesn't belong to you alone, then you have no right, no right to take it and give it out. You need to speak to who is concerned. You do need to speak to who is concerned. It's also abuse. If you decide, listen, it's okay to do some things as a single person. Sometimes you decide, oh, I'm not going to, I'm going to give all of my salary and I'm just going to rough out the month. You could decide to do that and make sure you suffer, you know, really make that sacrifice. But guess what? If you're a married person, you've got a wife to feed, you've got children and you decide to do that. Sometimes without even consulting your wife, what are you expecting to happen? Remember the Bible says that he that does not feed his family, the Bible says that that person is worse than an infidel. If you're planning to do anything, make sure that you're, it's a sacrifice you're doing by yourself, not the one that you're going to involve other people to do a sacrifice that they're not even aware of. And then they begin to curse God. You don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We don't need to do that. I, I hope we get, and if we do that on a constant basis, guess what is spiritual abuse? And we could actually defend it spiritually. And that's what we're talking about. That uh, uh, sometimes in spiritual abuse, uh, some, if someone uses scripture to defend other forms of abuse, that is spiritual abuse. So financially abusing your family, not providing for them, and having scriptures as it were to instead of <laughs> as it were to defend yourself, that is spiritual abuse. So let's look at some of the signs of uh, a spiritual abuser. I think if someone ridicules or insults the other person, it's religious or spiritual beliefs that is spiritual abuse if you're always you know oh you're always praying you're making fun of someone because one of the things that ha when it comes to spiritual abuse in intimate relationship is it has the, the way you can recognize it is shame shame whenever you're ashamed you, you feel shame due to what you're doing, due to your beliefs, then I tell you, you are facing spiritual abuse. So if, if, if your partner ridicules or insults you based on your religious or spiritual beliefs, that is a sign of spiritual abuse. If someone is preventing their partner from practicing their religious or spiritual beliefs, guess what? That is spiritual abuse. Especially if you found this person doing all these things before you decided to go ahead and marry the person, then you shouldn't be preventing the person from carrying out their religious or spiritual beliefs or even carrying out the things they used to do as it were 
they were doing these things you met them doing these things you loved them like that you married them and now that you've married them because you're in a position of authority you're beginning to stop those things guess what that is spiritual abuse that is spiritual abuse and then if you if you if you're using your partner's religious or spiritual beliefs to manipulate or shame them you know, calling them to swear by the Bible and all of all those things. Guess what? It's spiritual abuse. If you force the children to be raised in a faith that your other partner has not agreed to, I'm sorry, but that is also a sign of spiritual abuse. If you use religious beliefs or texts to minimize or rationalize abusive behaviors, such as fiscal, we've said that fiscal, financial, emotional, even sexual abuse or marital rape. Guess what? It's spiritual abuse. So if a husband decides to rape his wife and says, oh, your body is not your own. The Bible says your body is not your own. You're without consent. Guess what? That is spiritual abuse. So although rape is involved there, it's also spiritual abuse. So I, I hope we've been able to understand what we are talking about when we say spiritual abuse. And one of the things we've always said in this program when it comes to abuse and dealing with abuse is the ability to first of all recognize this is what is happening. Because if you don't know this is what is happening, guess what? There's a tendency that you would even know how to go about it. So let's know. Find out what is happening, what are the issues, what's going on, why is this happening? And if you are able to recognize what is happening, then guess what? You can do something about it. You can have a chat with a person to say, hello, this isn't really right here. I think we need to do something about it. You can have a chat with a person say, this is not right. Um, and then you start from there. Show, and, and in a relationship, in a healthy relationship, what should happen is that people should be able to talk to each other. People should be able to discuss with each other because a healthy relationship consists of two equal partners. You may not always agree, but you should be able to see, agree, disagree to agree. You should be able to see things straight to point out to your partner. This is abuse and I do not want it to continue. And then set boundaries, healthy boundaries. We're not here to tell you to do this or to do that, but if you listen and you watch all the different things we've been teaching concerning healthy boundaries, concerning because who knows the person might not even know you know your partner might not recognize that it's abuse and basically usually what happens is if someone is actually the relationship is balanced you say to someone I, this is spiritual abuse this thing that you're doing i've read about it i've listened i've gone to do my research it hurts me because guess what it's going to hurt you it's going to wound you you're going to feel like god is against you because basically whatever that person is doing the person is using god using your religious beliefs to as it were manipulate and that's that that's a bit just really hurting so you need to let your partner know this is what is this is this is this and as a result of what you're doing this is what i feel and i would like for you to stop and we could work around and remember that sometimes some of these things have turned to patterns and then one needs to break it one needs to hold themselves to accountability say how am i doing what am i doing and um, we're hoping that when you do that you know as it were that abuse, that form of abuse will stop in your home. And if you are the one who, as it were, you have been abusing your partner spiritually, this is a wake-up call. It's a time to repent. It's a time to turn around because God hates abuse. There's no excuse for abuse. And as a church, we say no to domestic abuse. Um, I think we're going to end here. And I'll just repeat again what we have learned today. So today, the things we have treated, we've looked at what spiritual abuse is. We've also looked at relationships in which spiritual abuse could occur. Another thing we've looked at today is the different types, you know, 
of spiritual abuse and we've also looked at what the peculiarities of spiritual abuse is you know and then we've looked at spiritual abuse in a marital context in an intimate relationship context also we've also looked at what are some of the characteristics of spiritual abusers in an intimate context as well as looking at what do you do if you are in a spiritually abusive relationship next week here we're going to be looking at something more 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 subtle and that is spiritually abusive ministries spiritually abusive congregations when you find yourself in a spiritually abusive environment what should you do how do you recognize it what do we mean by the group model of spiritual abuse what do we mean by the individual model of spiritual abuse what do you mean by the celebrity church culture what makes spiritual abuse possible in a religious setting how does this happen what occurs and what should you do if you find yourself in a spiritually abusive congregation a spiritually abusive environment i i'm glad that we've come to the end of today's program i'm sorry to see you go but i do hope that you have learned she will come your way again next week where we look at part two of spiritual abuse this is gracilis saying that god hates abuse there's no excuse for abuse and you and I, which is the people who consist of the church, we say no to domestic abuse. This is Kada Matters. Kada Matters is broadcast on our Instagram page of Kada. And also, you could find Kada Matters episodes on major podcasts. You could check for it on I on the Apple Podcast, on the Amazon, on Spotify, on Anchor. You could also check for it on Google. And um, we do hope to hear from you again. So to come your way again next week, this is Grace signing up for CADA Matters. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic We hope you enjoyed and learned from today's session. Till we come your way again, remember, God hates abuse. There is no excuse for abuse. The church, which is you and I, say no to domestic abuse.